Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, and Jamie Rivers. Thank God we hit record. Uh, we are, uh, we, <laughs> the, the conversations in which that we have before the mic are on, I know you guys want to hear them, but I, I, they cannot ever be heard. They just, they cannot. Think, I've I, taken up crochet. What's wrong right. with that? Yeah, yeah that's what it is. And then had me crochet a oh, certain sure. hat for and a then also too, body part. In this, in this freaking studio, this <laughs> chair keeps, oh boy, there it is. One. It okay. keeps slipping down. So every time my fat ass sits in it, it just sinks down inches and inches. Donnie, so I it's guess my I'm bad. standing here like, like Jamie for the rest the, of the show. The cup window is still open. Don't be upset. Yeah, it's and, okay. And Donnie, we can still get back there. It's my bad. I should have brought the booster seat in. It's my oh, bad. It's no. still in, now it's a hype thing. My Are daughter was babysitting hype? the neighbors. What? What I say? You know, man, I'm gonna tell you something. I'm just gonna be helpful. I know? love you both, and I don't deserve what you get. I don't. I don't deserve it at all. I, I mean, I enjoy it to a certain degree, but then there's sometimes I want to punch you, dudes. <laughs> yeah, that's how some of us made a living. That's, that's a really great point. That is how some of you made a living, and a darn fine one. I just saw the other day that it was the anniversary of you signing with what was it, Montreal? Yeah, yeah, that was man, a that funny story. Remember, I started down that journey of that story. Yeah, we'll just do it today. We won't wait because the way we are with our uh, radio ADD will be all over the map. We still have people waiting on our expansion draft, which yeah. is hilarious. I'm, I'm still uh, narrowing down. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff keeps nixing. I still, idea, I still have way. Bass and unrestricted or unprotected. Uh, is that? Uh... Uh, yes. Yeah, he's That's available. We just say he's available. <laughs> he's, okay. he's got some eligibility um, left. So I, I became a free agent that year. I forget what year it was. Now it's all a blur, of course. And I was up at the lake in Canada. And where my lake house is in Canada, where it was, we no longer have it just because we didn't spend enough time there. It was in the middle of nowhere. Like when I say middle of nowhere, it's you got to go up this side of a mountain, come down the other side. And in the valley of these mountains is a lake. That sounds Uh, pretty badass. It's incredible. Okay, A private little lake, probably about 20 cottages total on the lake. No traffic, no weekenders. 
The only people that go on the lake are the people that have a residence or a lake house there. Greatest setup ever. Except for um, we barely had phone service, like barely. And we had electricity and stuff like that. That's fine. We had plumbing. You know, you, Sounds like Fenton in the 70s and 80s when I was growing up. <laughs> Probably pretty close. I mean. uh, but we didn't have internet. Like it was a while before we even got the... Yeah, yeah. Like, it was like, no, we don't cable, anything like that. So you didn't spend any time watching TV. Um, and actually, I didn't have a phone. My brother's place had a phone, which was like two two cottages up. And he comes walking over with the phone, uh, which is quite a ways. I couldn't believe he still had reception, to be honest. It was some miracle phone. And he's yelling at me, and I'm on the deck having a coffee in the morning. And I'm like, what the heck is this guy's problem? So I walk down, he goes, you got a damn phone call. I'm like, okay. So you go, I go, who is it? He goes, I don't know. My brother hands me the phone. He's pissed because he had to walk over. That's why, okay? <laughs> and my brother hands me the phone, and I'm like, hello? And he's like, hey, Riv, it's Carbo. I'm like, who? Ooh, he's wow. like, uh, Guy Carboneau. I'm like, oh, God, Carbo, how you doing? I'm like, what the hell? How did you track me up here? And he's like, well, it wasn't easy. He said, it's been about a couple hours, and I've been trying to figure out how to get in touch with you. And uh, he just asked me, he said, what would your interest be in playing for the Montreal Canadiens? Now, this is free agency day, July 1st, back then. It was like, this is where, like, Lindros and Brad Hall and these guys get signed. Not Jamie Rivers. This is why you weren't necessarily within phone range. Yeah, you really weren't caring at this I didn't particular. expect to call until August. Who had you played with the pre- previous season? You were coming off of... Uh, Jeff, why do you do All that right, to sorry, me? All right, sorry, anyway. Um, <laughs> Somebody. Okay. Okay. I think, NHL. I think it was actually the Blues. Okay. Was my second tour of duty with the Blues coming off of that. In fact, yes, it was. I think. Google it. Doesn't matter. And so I wasn't expecting a phone call at all that day. And on the first day of free agency, by before lunch, I've got a phone call from the Montreal Canadiens. And I grew up on the Montreal Canadiens. We didn't have the Ottawa Senators. And so... I said, well, yeah, Carbo, I'm really interested. And we talked about the depth of the team and all this stuff. And he says, okay, well, I'm going to tell um, Julian Breezebois, who is now the GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He goes, I'm going to tell Julian to talk with Bob, who is Bob Ganey. And he says, I'm going to tell him to get a deal done. I'm like, okay, Carbo. So we hang up the phone, and uh, we, I give it back to my brother. I tell him the story, and he walks back to his place. Well, about an hour later, my brother comes back again, grumpy, because he's bringing the phone to me. (laughs) And it's my agent this time. And he's like, don't worry about me. And we finally, by the way, we finally got those two-way radios. Oh, great idea. Like Fisher Price. I'm not kidding you. Where it'd be like, and you answer it and be like walkie-talkies back Uh and forth. But that was like much later. Uh, So my brother brings the phone over. I talk to my agent. My agent's like, this is a great deal, but they want it signed today. They want to know that you're in today. No no ifs, ands, or buts because they want to be able to move forward on some other guys knowing what they have. I'm like, okay, fine. I go, the problem is, one, I don't have a computer. Two, I don't have a printer. Uh, three, I don't have a fax. So what are we going to do? So he's like, I have no idea. So I had to get on the phone. I called the little hardware store in in Baltimore, Quebec, population of 500. <laughs> and uh, Harold was the guy who ran... Uh, McClellan's hardware store. And so let me see if it's still around. It could be Baltimore, Quebec McClellan's. And I called Harold and I said, Harold, do you guys, you guys have a computer over there? He says, yeah, we do. I said, you got internet. Yeah. Fax. Yeah, we got everything. I go, okay, 
well, you're going to get an email or a fax, I'm not sure what, from the Montreal Canadiens coming through there soon. He's like, pardon me? <laughs> this is in, like, the heartland of Quebec, right? Like, so this is a the big Montreal Canadiens? He's like, are you kidding me? And so I said, yeah, it's going to come through. I said, could you do me a favor and call my brother's phone this number when you receive that? And so, sure enough, like an hour later, phone rings. It's Harold. He's like, it's here. He's like, you did good. Of course he looked at the contract. Right, right, right. right. Like, of course Harold looked at the contract. And so I drive into town, and everybody's huddled around this hardware store because it's kind of a big deal, Montreal Canadiens. And people knew I I lived up there, but I'd been there since I was a kid, right? So it's like... Cool, but it's just Jamie, and you right. know, we saw him drunk last night. That kind of thing. Sure, you're a local guy, you know, a hundred percent. And uh, but they were huddled around this time. They all wanted to get a look at the contract. So I took the contract. I posed for like a couple of pictures with everybody in front of the hardware store, <laughs> and I signed it and faxed it back off. And uh, yeah, that was it. So that's my Montreal Canadiens. How I signed with the Canadiens story, and then I arrived at camp. And you asked me why the number yeah, forty eight, yeah. and. Uh, I kind of wrote it in the tweet. You're only allotted so many words or characters, as they call it. The kids call it these days. Uh, They have a ton of retired numbers. They're like all the best numbers, pretty much. And if they're not retired, they're already on guys' backs. So it's like, okay, so what do you do? And I walked in, and I was like, well, it's number four in Detroit. Can't do that. Jean Beliveau was number four, and that's hanging in the rafters. Uh, number eight, I don't think was available. Mike Commissarek was wearing number eight at the time. And any other number, I kind of bounced around. So finally, I'm going through the jerseys as I'm looking at them in 48. And I go, oh, you know, Red Wings and Sudbury Wolves, we go 48. Why not? It's respectable. Mm-hmm. I know why, because you mentioned the Red Wings. That's why you don't do it. You said, why not? That's the reason why not to. Jeff. Sorry, go ahead. I'll edit that part. It's been a long time. You can let it go. Okay? You can let it go. Have you seen where they are lately in the standings? Yes, you that can it let makes it go. me very happy. Okay, and they're in the other conference. That's you can true. let it go, But my sir. friend Jamie still wore their colors. I did, proudly, too. Sure. Sorry. So, yeah, 48 was picked, and so that's what I wore. Very. So when you are going to play for a Montreal Canadiens, a Detroit Red Wings, a, a like, sort of, you know, I had the Boston Bruins, too. Bruins in there. What is it like being in those organizations as opposed to, say, a Phoenix, uh, you know, which obviously is is newer. There's a lot, you know what I mean? There's a lot of differences there, I see. Original six teams have a certain aura. Yeah. And the very first original six team I got to play for was the Boston Bruins. And growing up a Montreal Canadiens fan, it was the big, bad Bruins, Mm -hmm. right? So I walked in, and I was like, Wow. I'm a Boston Bruin. Like, I'm in the garden right now, and I, I need to create mayhem because that's what a Boston Bruin does, right? And so then you've got all the, like, Johnny Busick worked for the team, and you've got Cam Neely hanging around the team, Ray Bork. It was, like, it was wow. pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Uh, and then the next one was the Red Wings. Well, the Red Wings, too, the history of that. And not only the history for sure, but the current team was so full of Hall of Famers or future Hall of Famers. And then we had guys like Ted Lindsay and Gordie Howe hanging around the locker room. Like, you'd come in for a morning workout, and Ted Lindsay would be walking on the treadmill. And if you don't know who Ted Lindsay is, go do your homework. This guy was an animal. Terrible Ted Lindsay is what they called him, and he was on the production line with Gordie Howe. And it's incredible. And so the, both of those guys would sometimes be in the locker room at the same time telling stories, and you're like, I, my brain just can't process what I'm listening to right now. An amazing hockey player, yet he doesn't have his own treadmill at home. 
Who, Ted Lindsay? Yeah. But he, Jeff. <laughs> I'm going to do some treadmill work. I guess i got to go down to the stadium. Oh, Teddy used to come down. He'd love to get a workout in, <laughs> no, grab I'm a kidding. coffee, and talk with the guys. Yeah, hang out with the you guys. Know, what I, you miss the most, right, that, is I, the camaraderie. I think that is. a jerk, Jeff. I could be, yeah, Jeff. I, I could be completely wrong because I don't know if you know, I Probably. never played in the NHL. <laughs> Because of my coach in high school. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Kept you down, man. Knee. No, my, co- my coach in high school was a problem. I didn't have one because <laughs> I didn't play in high school. Um, but my question is, is it unique to ho- – by the way, that McLennan's has four locations. Not McClellan's? only is that one – McClellan's. Not only is it still open, it has four locations to serve wow. you. Wow. They've expanded. Good. Yeah. yeah. Good that? for Harold. There's a message from the owner. doesn't mention Harold in here. I don't know if he's still around or not, but he, he mentions Jerry and Alice. He's kind of spry. McLean. But, uh, anyway – um, is that unique to hockey? What's that, that whole, uh, you know, I know in baseball, uh, like Willie McGee's of the world and stuff come back around. But is it unique in hockey that Ted Lindsay's not being paid to be there? He just came and did a workout and hung out with the dudes. Yeah, I think it's like, look, I look at the Cardinals and I think they're a special organization. Of course. I really do. As much as we give them crap at times, they're really special. The amount of guys that they have that go down to spring training that are former players, they roll out the red carpet. They certainly have their Cardinals Hall of Fame. They have all this where the guys are very much a part of you know, even the current team every year. And uh, the Yankees do that, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, but not all of them right. do it. And it's the same in hockey. And when I was with the Ottawa Senators, certainly it's a younger organization, not as much history. Uh, not so many guys would be around that played before. Uh, of course, the list wasn't very long. Uh, but the Bruins were great. The Red Wings were great. The Blues, fantastic. I Honestly, it's not just because I played here. But it's it's incredible to see the amount of guys that come around and that are that are involved in the current team. Montreal was great too. It was pretty wild to have guys like Guy Lafleur just come down after practice and be sitting in the in the room eating lunch and talking to guys. Jean Beliveau would come in and sit down. It's like I didn't know what to do. I felt like a child at that time, but it was so cool because I'm like I have to talk to them. I have to say I talked to them. Right. Yeah. yeah, and was this the old Montreal How's Forum, too? How's the weather, Guy? <laughs> <laughs> but was this the original Montreal Forum, or is it the Bell Center? What It, it what was is the it? Bell Center okay. when I signed with Montreal. I played in the Forum, and that had a whole other I mystique can't even imagine. I got my nose absolutely blown up in the Forum. My very first NHL game ever was in the Montreal Forum, and my parents drove down from Ottawa two and a half hours. I think my grandma was with them, too. And the very first shift of the game, a guy named Jerry Fleming. He was like six foot six, six foot seven. He hit Philippe Bozon from oh, behind. You can't do that. <laughs> you can't on, do that to flying Frenchman, man. On. Don't do it. Bozo, the Frenchie from France, just one of the nicest guys ever. He gets absolutely pretzeled from behind by Jerry Fleming. I look around on the ice. And I'm the toughest guy on the ice. <laughs> That's problematic, okay? Because I was like 18 years old. I'm 185 pounds, probably soaking wet. And Jerry Fleming is the guy now I've got to try and, you know, go after. Yeah. So I take a couple of hard strides towards Jerry. But Jerry was a wily veteran. I think he was expecting it. He turned around cross-checked me right in the face. Oh. My nose went into my eye socket. And... That, you're not joking either, are you? No, it was I thought I thought there was something in my eye and I kept grabbing at it. It was my nose. And so we had a little go around. Uh, I didn't get absolutely obliterated in that, which was nice. That was the victory alone is getting out of there alive. Sure. I go to the penalty box and my nose isn't bleeding yet, but I'm getting this pressure in my eyeball and in my face. I'm like, ah, this doesn't feel doesn't feel right. And so I go back to the bench. 
And the trainer at the time, it wasn't Ray Barilli, I forget his name. He sticks two pieces of wood up my nose mm-hmm. and cracks it back into place. And as soon as, like, you heard it, it was like breaking a branch. And so as soon as he did that, it started to leak, like, just blood everywhere. So we're we're toweling, we're icing, and <laughs> I'll get through this in a not second. Not handling this very well, guys. <laughs> there's, there's an end to this story. Trust me. Get to it. Okay. No, uh, so we settle it down, and he sticks two of these, well, they look like tampons. Yes. Yeah, straight the, the up things. your nose, yeah, yeah. but they're hanging out about a half an inch out of my nose. So it looks like I got a bull ring hanging out of my nose. I'm playing the game. And I look ridiculous. And even the guys on the other team are like, dude, you look ridiculous. <laughs> and so I go back to the bench, and the trainer cuts them just below the nose. And I play the rest of the game. I got black eyes that are starting. And um, so I see my mom and dad after the game, and they're like, oh, sweetie, you look great out there. And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> Ron Caron, we talked about him. He was like, oh, I love it. You yeah. played the game. Oh, you Jamie, don't. Jamie. You didn't even miss a shift. Jamie River. And so if you go back and you look at my hockey cards, and with technology today is great, you can zoom in. There's a, my oldest card. You can see the two tampons hanging out oh of my, my nose. Oh, my gosh. That is hilarious. <laughs> and, oh, by the way, go back out and play hockey like that. Well, yeah. Well, that happened to Donnie and I. We're not coming into work to sit on our butt and talk about music for a week probably. But that was and a you're Montreal out there playing, huh? for yourself. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if it happened to me. <laughs> it's a Montreal forum. It was the Montreal Canadians. My parents were there. There's no way you were keeping me out of that yeah, game. Right. Man. And we've talked before about how your dad was like, don't oh, ever yeah. – don't ever what? No, don't ever get carried off the ice or yeah, something like that? Yeah, don't ever lay on the ice unless you're dead. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and you never did that. I never did, even when I died. So you talked about how, hey, you were from Ottawa. They, you didn't have a team at the time, so Montreal was who you followed. And then you started playing for Montreal, and you're like, huh? Yeah. What is the American version of that? Um, You know. And I know it's not quite as, oh, my gosh, no matter what team well, would you be pick. Pl- wouldn't it be playing baseball for the Yankees? No, yeah, I mean, I I mean from a hockey that, standpoint. Oh, okay, sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry, I, I misunderstood. From, no, I meant from a hockey standpoint. Uh, it's tough because. Or lot, is there one? Maybe there isn't one. I don't think one. there is one, you know, to be honest. Like. A lot of the Northeast guys and Northern boys, you know, they're used to having Boston, the Rangers. It's it's not as historic type right. thing. So I, I just don't think there's a comparable in hockey. I think that absolutely there's a comparable in baseball. I think the Yankees. I think if you're West Coast, maybe the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Heck, maybe even the Red Sox. Like there's some historic franchises. St. Louis Cardinals. I, I think, think that, we have I think to if you go coast New York, coast uh Dodgers, I think in the Midwest you have to say St. Louis or, or maybe or maybe the Cubs. Or the Cubs. Ooh, I know yeah. that sucks, but Blue's it's lost true. ten yeah. in a row. But and if you go to the NFL, you've got, you know, the Cowboys or, you know, the New York Jets. I know they're terrible now, but it's a historic what? franchise. Yeah, but still the franchise the Jets? itself. That's a historic franchise, Donnie. I mean it is. They've won one Super Bowl. Yeah, but it was good. <laughs> it was in like nineteen sixty something. Really wasn't Joe a great Maynard. argument. I was on your side and that was the argument. And I'm that sorry, and listen we went with. But huh? listen, I will be I wanted to see how quickly he would bite on the Jets because <laughs> yeah. the Bills are in the same division. Exactly. And that is the only reason that I got so jumped up. If this would have been then I any had other no backup div- plan. <laughs> Dude, if this would have been any other division in football or any other team, I wouldn't have said anything. But I just had to say that. Okay, the Patriots. <laughs> oh, God. And just the just the worst. So uh, really, and not to not to ch- change things up here too much, but really entertaining game on Monday night. 
fight between uh, the, the 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 Canadians and Lightning. Canadians, you know, uh, live to see another day, as it were. They play game number five tonight. But uh, if you're Montreal and you're down three to one and you're against this unbelievable Tampa team, I almost kind of feel like you're not really taking a lot of pressure into the game tonight. You're just playing for fun. Whatever happens, happens because you know you're kind of up against the eight. Well, ball. and I think it's it's a historic thing. Like you said, there's nobody who was the last one to do this in the 19-whatevers. I 40s. Yeah, 1940s, like when I first got into radio. Uh, <laughs> you did it. Not NHL that Network. That year. Huh? What? I didn't graduate. <laughs> NHL Network, NBCSN, all of them are all saying there's no way this team can come back. I, I agree with Donnie. It's like... The pressure's off, just go out and play hockey and have fun. Nobody's expecting you to do anything. Yeah, and sometimes that's when you do the most damage, right? It really is. And let's backtrack for a second. Did you guys happen to catch what the Tampa Bay mayor said? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. for our listeners who maybe aren't aware, I'm sure you are by now, but just to paraphrase, she got on uh, for a press conference, a, a live speech in front of people, you know, pumping up Tampa and all this stuff and pumping up the lightning. And then before game four says... You know, basically, again, not verbatim, we should lose game, the Lightning should lose game four and come back to Tampa and win it here. <sighs> so a lot of people went on Twitter like, okay, that's it. Habs and seven. Yeah. <laughs> Habs and seven. Can you imagine if that happened? Oh, my gosh. She would be recalled like next yeah. week. Well, like, they'd have to assign special uh, security, oh, yeah. Yeah. I think, for Ab- sure. And that's absolutely. just from the hockey team. T- to me, that is clearly a sport. someone that is not a sports fan. You know what right, I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Tom like- Brady picked up the phone that day and called her and said, please don't talk about the Buccaneers. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ever. Right? We have Ever. this. Until right. we can get you out of office, yeah. don't talk about football. But to go back to your point of the seven-game series, yeah, it's, a, it's an astronomical mountain to climb especially when you have an all-star team that you're playing against. Yeah. Now, that being said, you have the best goalie in the world in Carey Price. Vasilevsky's great. His numbers are fantastic, but he has a team in front of him also that help him get through some of those games. Carey Price is capable of stealing you games. Can he steal you four in a row? I highly doubt it. Can you win four in a row against that team? I highly doubt it. Where it gets interesting is if they win – Game five. If they win game five, they go back to Montreal. And there's something about that place. There's something about it. They they say they're only allowing 3,500 in the building. Uh, I've been in that building. That's about 10 grand that they have in there. So I think the Montreal team is like, you know what, government, screw you. We're just going to let the doors stay open. Right. And then they have uh, 100,000 out in the street, which doesn't make sense to me it really doesn't <laughs> just yeah. let the they're building... actually closer together outside. Right. they're right. like on each other's shoulders yeah. and like making out when the team scores <laughs> right. i'm like dude like uh, what are we doing here i was thinking that yesterday my my all-time favorite uh one of my all-time favorite tv shows right now is a game show and it's called america says have you guys seen this show no it is phenomenal and you'll be like oh a dumb game show and then two hours later you're still playing it and you're yelling at the tv screen but it's one of those that went away during covid and came back and now it's like a family of four over here. It's a ripoff of uh, Family Feud. Okay. It's basically the same setup. Oh, please four tell me somebody here. makes out with everybody like Richard. No, Nelson unfortunately, no. Um, but there's four people over here and four people over here. And now that it's come back, they have them spaced out by like six, eight, nine feet, something like that. They're family. They came to the place together. Sure. Oh, right. yeah, they yeah, have yeah. them. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it yeah. Just, it uh, really doesn't, doesn't make sense. Doesn't there's make a lot them. of things when I'm watching on TV now where – 
they all walk in like wearing or you walk into the house and they're all wearing masks and then they take it off when they're filming. Right. I'm like, um, <laughs> like I understand we're looking for optics here. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. I understand. But the American people aren't stupid. Right. Well, at least right. most of them are. And plus, well, that's true. And plus, mo- almost everybody's vaccinated or at least they're saying they yeah, are. At least they're saying yeah. are. Um, so back to hockey and you said, hey. No, let's they- do politics. All right. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's, that's not a way divide. to get a lot more podcasts. That's, podcast that's, that's not way less at all. Do politics. So you talked about, hey, if you can win game five, then you go back to the magic that is Montreal. You're the coach of Montreal. What do you tell them before game five? Just go let her loose. Go have fun. Go have fun. Um, Don't hold back and make them earn it. So basically, hockey is a sport that you can outwork the opposition and win. It just is. You can be less talented and win. Football sometimes, but it's different, right, because you have an offense that can shred you. And if your defense matches their intensity, maybe your offense doesn't. It's Hockey is a very unique dynamic to where if you're just willing to outcompete the guy across from you, you can win. So that's what I would say to my team is we've proven that we can outwork this team. And when we outwork them, we do well. So put a commitment together right now of outworking this team for 60 minutes. We drag this back home to La Belle Province up in Canada, and they're going to be scared. You know what I would do is this is just off, off the top of my head, but I'd do something like you're here because you deserve to be here, and you're going to win this effing game. You know what I mean? That's, That's unique. Yeah. I like that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, nobody's ever done that before. No. I never. think a lot of the, of the F words just thrown around in there randomly will, is really kind Absolutely. of what I would do. That's all. That, that's Dude, really kind of way, Do you see this resemblance between uh, the Montreal head coach and Jack Frost from those Santa Claus movies? <laughs> not <laughs> until you said it. Yeah. You say that or the, the cold miser? I'm not sure. <laughs> I look at him, and I, I know Dominic Ducharme. We both were uh, part of the Team Canada program way back in the day, and uh, – he was kind of a snooty little dude. He wasn't my favorite guy. Probably wouldn't go for a beer with him. Um, but <laughs> which is a very short list of people. It's a fair. <laughs> that's a good point, Jeff. That's a good point. Um, but he's doing a good job. He's doing a good job. Yeah. He's got that team going. I mean, it's a tough spot to come in halfway, and you're replacing a legend in Claude Julian, and now you're with a team that's scrutinized as much as any other pro franchise in all of sports. And he's handling it pretty well. Do he's got them in the finals. Do you think about that as a coach going into Montreal or somebody that's a, a, a city, or a, a team that's under the microscope? Do you think about that going in as a coach and or a player? Oh, gosh, yeah. Because well, I was thinking about our discussion about Tarasenko where, you know, if he goes to the East Coast or something, does he get eat, eaten up by the media, that sort of thing? you got to think about that sort of stuff. It's It's alive and it's real. And the media don't care. And they all have a job. And you have to imagine that – there's a hundred of them or two hundred of them. They all want the bigger, better story. They all want the bigger, better angle or the hotter take. So how do you do that? Well, you you create it sometimes and you go after it. And so if a player's struggling, it's like, oh baby, now I have a story, and yeah. you just shred that player. And if you're the first one to do it, and everybody else piles on, now they're trying to outdo you. All of a sudden, that player who may or may not be playing all that poorly is under the microscope and better not open up any social media because he's going to be depressed and sitting in the corner Man, crying and sucking crazy. his thumb. Seattle uh, announced their head coach. The Kraken announced their head coach last week. Yeah. Um, why did they not go with someone like 
Rick Tockett or somebody with a little bit more experience because the way that I look at this, this is the gentleman that was in Philadelphia for a couple years, did fine, but I don't know. It seems like there's better candidates out there. Am I am I wrong in no, that? No, you're not. I was shocked. I really was. And Dave Haxtell's a good coach. I'm not going to say great. He's a good coach. He was a great college coach. And I think what happened was there was a, a disconnect. And it happens a lot. You guys know that NCAA football, those coaches go on to the NFL and they just don't do well. There's a disconnect yeah. between it's different. coaching kids and coaching pros. Yeah. Dave Haxtell had a bit of a disconnect when he coached Philly, and it just wasn't ever that great. Uh, he went on to Toronto and was the assistant coach last year, and he did okay. It's really surprising, though, with his track record of being good with kids or collegiate kids and maybe having that disconnect that all of a sudden you're going to be like, by the way, I'm going to give you a team full of recycled players and a bunch of nobodies because we have a draft, and good luck. You'd want your guy to have maybe more of a presence. Sure. Like Gerard Gallant in Vegas, Spuddy was perfect. He had the personality. He had the ability to motivate, and he had the resume to go with it as a player and a coach. He'd won some championships in junior and done some stuff in the American League. He was ready. Rick Tockett, to me, was a can't miss for this. I thought Rick Tockett was a can't miss for the Rangers job. Now, they went with Gerard Gallant, very similar in personality, so – and maybe a bit more proven of a track record. Possibly. Okay. Yeah. And, and maybe just a better interview, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But very, very similar to Rick Tockett. I was shocked that Rick Tockett is still sitting out there right now and that Dave Haxtell is the coach of the Seattle Kraken. It's an interesting move by Ron Francis to do that, considering he had uh, ties to Rick Tockett, played with him, uh, you know, Team Canada, Pittsburgh Penguins, knows him. Maybe they don't like each other. I don't know. But, yes, Donnie, to answer your question with a long-winded answer, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was surprising for sure. And time will tell. Um, I personally don't like it initially. Do, do we know that Tockett even wanted the gig? I mean, oh, yeah, he, he interviewed. Just, oh, he did? No, okay. he interviewed. And at this point, Rick Tockett, you're interviewing for every job sure. that's out there. It's not that you want one job over the other. Uh, you take the opportunity to interview everywhere so that you get to create relationships with everybody. Even if you don't get the job, there's – Hockey's a strange world where they just keep popping up on other teams. Yeah, don't burn bridges, and you should be able to get get back in. You get a good interview even though they don't pick you, or maybe you don't even agree on a contract. They remember, we really like that guy. So let's say tonight, Tampa wins, wins the cup. Woohoo! Congratulations, Pat Maroon, three in a row. You're an Oakville legend. Do you call that a cup trick? What do you call that? Cup trick, I like it. Like, what do you call it in bowling? Is it a turkey? Turkey. 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 It's got to be better than turkey. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's yeah. a Stanley Cup like for Christ's sake. Like it's got to be better you than You've got to come up with a word. Uh, so one, one maroon, three cups. No, oh that doesn't. We've got that, some work to that do. That leans three a little. Three maroons, one. <laughs> Never mind. How soon, if the, if, if the Stanley Cup is decided tonight, how soon until we start seeing moves and things and, um, and, and action? I think the rule is 24 hours after the Cup final, there's moving and shaking that can happen. Now, that's an irregular off season. This is obviously not regular because if it was July 1st, free agency would have started. And it hasn't. And we're sitting here on July, what, 8th, Seven. 7th, and we're still in the Stanley Cup final. So I'm not sure. Ordinarily, yes, there should be some moving and shaking that starts because you're going to want to either trade guys before the draft or renegotiate or you want to try and figure it out because the draft is going to be, the expansion draft is going to be knocking at the door pretty soon. Boy, oh boy. I know, right? I'm excited. 
What are you excited, excited about? I'm what are you nervous? excited most about? Are you excited about what's going to happen in the expansion or free agency? Honestly, just all this stuff, man. One of the reasons I love sports so much, and I even find this with the NBA, a sport that I, dude, hardly ever watch. I love the offseason. Hmm. I love to know the player moves. I love it. It's so fascinating to me. And so now when it's a sport that I, you know, know a little bit more about, I just love all of the, you know, man, I love the baseball offseason, even though they've hosed that up. I, yeah. You know, I, I just love seeing how this is all going to work. And to me, man, it's so exciting because we have seen Doug Armstrong do some really unbelievable stuff. All yeah. right. We got to admit, you could say what you want to say about the guy, but one, he brought a cup here too. He's had way more hits than misses. Mm-hmm. All right. I just can't wait to see what dude's going to do. I can, because there's got to be something up that dude's sleeve. Oh, yeah, guaranteed. And it. I think we start the year without Tarasenko and without Schwartz. I think neither one of those dudes are back. Okay. So, wow. I agree with you. Uh, I came up with a new trade, by the way. Oh. Um, is is Kachuk already in town? Do we, we already did that one. That, is that why we're moving on to another one? Well, we'd like to. We're still going to will that one to happen. All right. Okay. okay. Uh, but I think Vladdy's going to be harder to get to Calgary than expected. So we're going to have to whittle away in a different direction for Kachuk. I'll put that one together in my in my lab in the next couple of days. All right. The Beat Laboratory. Yeah, but we had Brian Lawton. <laughs> we had Brian Lawton on the show last week on the Fast Lane, uh, two to six every day at one hundred and one ESPN. You can download the app if you uh, don't live near here. Anyways, um, and we talked about a possibility where Tarasenko could end up. And I brought up, I said, "What do you think of the New York Rangers as a spot?" And he kind of paused. He wasn't sure about it, and he said, "Well, they got some salary cap issues." But then he said, "But there is a player." that I think the Rangers would be willing to part with that could be a good dance partner for Doug Armstrong in this trade. He wouldn't mention the player because he's like, I don't want to start rumors. I want to start, that's fine, Brian, I got you. So we hung up the phone. Great interview, great guy. He's He was a former agent, former general manager in the NHL. Now he works in the NHL Network. Reputable. So I start doing my homework. Guys, what would your reaction be if I said the name Chris Kreider? I know the name. Yeah, I know the name, but I'm, you're going to have to if, fill me if, in. If that should be honest. knocking us over, unfortunately, um, it doesn't, but I know the name. Yeah, he's uh, he's very uh, he's six foot three, 220 pounds. He skates as fast as anybody in the NHL straight ahead. He's a super hardworking guy. He's had some offensive success. He's a net front presence. He's in the same amount of games, roughly the same amount of games. He's about 100 points uh, lower than Vladimir Tarasenko, but that's okay. Okay. Because he's a million dollars cheaper as well. And so the Rangers were thinking of dealing him. He's got six years left on his deal. He's 30 years old. That's part of the mm, so-so. But I think the Rangers would do a trade of Chris Kreider for Vladimir Tarasenko. I think they would. To reunite Vladdy with Panarin. And, and Vladdy's new agent is Panarin's agent. And... At the same time, Chris Kreider fills a big void for the Blues on the left wing. If you're looking to give Jaden Schwartz $6 million, or if that's what he's looking to get, I think Chris Kreider is a better bet for that six six $6.5 million AAV that's going to hit your roster, and he's everything you want in a power forward. He would, of course, if Matthew Kachuk doesn't get here, Chris Kreider would be a great fit with O'Reilly and Perron. He's a hound. He's first in on the four check. He's strong as an ox. He can't get the puck off of him. 
He goes right to the net. He's that guy that all year long Craig Berube talked about. We need a guy that goes and gets the pucks for O'Reilly and Perron. He would be that guy. So he does wow. have some no trade. He does have some no movement clause. 19th overall pick. Wow. 19th overall pick. 30 points in 50 games last year. Yeah. he's. Um, that's just off the top of my head, you guys. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so I think, to me, if if you have to pivot right now, and you can get a trade, if you can, get a one-for-one, one, Vladdy for Kreider. And the Rangers might do it because Vladdy's only got two years left on his deal. And if, if you can get a one-for-one one there, I think if you're the Blues – you make it happen. It fills the void on your top line, but you can still have enough arsenal left over to go after a Matthew Kachuk. You still have a couple of really good pieces that you could float out there and then imagine if it was a Kachuk, O'Reilly, uh, Perron, and then a Kreider, Braden, Shan, Jordan, Kairou. Oh. That changes. Get out of here. Yeah. Who wants to play against that top six? Nobody. Nobody. But Nobody. then do the trickle-down effect. <laughs> do the trickle-down. And think about your third and fourth line now because people get pushed down. Now, all of a sudden, your third and fourth line are strong again. They're not being uh, watered down because you're pulling pieces to the top six because you can't find anybody who works. Well, that's how that – but that was part of the problem last year where there's so many injuries. Everybody – I mean, that lines were cannibalized just yeah. out of necessity. Yeah. And we realized how much we truly need Oscar Sundquist. Absolutely. Yeah, Put him My in a third-line center. You flank him with a couple of good, hard-working wingers. You've got a great line there. Fourth line, I think we have the pieces for that as well. I, I want to bring back up uh, Pat Maroon and throw two things out for you. And I know the answer to both of these, but I want to get your reaction. Sure. Somebody asked Jeremy Rutherford, and I don't believe it was on your show. I think it might have been Alex and BK. Mm-hmm. Um, it, nine hundred grand, I think, is what Maroon is making. Yes. Would Armstrong be interested in bringing him back? Hmm. Rutherford's was they weren't before, so why bring him back now? Yeah, which makes sense. He's, yeah, I don't think I think it's I, not like he's been an an also run since he left St. Louis. He's been you know a very important uh, cog in, yeah. in, in their wheel. But would you be bringing him back? I don't think so. No, I, I, if I'm if I'm Pat Maroon, I don't come back. I think that's what he said. He I think he said, hey, he's kind of ensconced there. Why would he want to come back? And he's a legend here now. Like. You come back, it's it's almost like, what if it's not as good? What if it, it ends? You can't always come home kind of thing. But you, now he's a hometown hero forever, you yeah. know. And Pat Maroon is an incredible accent piece on the Tampa Bay Lightning. He is. He's a, you know We know how talented he is. He's big. He's tough. He's got the, the NHL mic'd up award for chirping guys. It's great. <laughs> but I think the problem with Pat coming back here is he'd be – thrust into a position to expect too much from him. Yeah, that makes and sense. And then again, now you're in the same boat as you were the very first time around for the first half of the season where you're like, well, he's not producing or he's not this or he's not that. Well, yeah, he's not a point-of-game guy. There's no doubt about it. But on a Tampa Bay Lightning team, man, is he valuable. The other thing that was brought up, I think uh, Tony Speedy gonzalez uh, Patrico on the Ridge Show brought up that he... Me, me. There's a reason I said that. No, can, I know. Why would he? Why it. would he think that he could beat Jamie in a foot race? I don't know. An ex-professional I don't know. athlete. I don't honestly, and I'm and I heard you guys talking yesterday about it. It was fantastic. I sat in front of a gas pump at a gas station, needing gas, <laughs> waiting and listened through the commercials until you guys came back and did the whole break. It was fantastic. But he brought up, uh, and he said somebody else said it. Three Stanley Cups, 
in a row is that Hall of Fame material. No. That's what I said. I go, that doesn't make no, sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. I didn't say it like that. I thought no, about that, it for listen, a second. I to... went, that if you just pull back and in 10 years go, this guy's in the Hall of Fame because he won three Stanley Cups in a row, that wouldn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Look at all the Pittsburgh Penguins players that won three Cups, the Chicago Blackhawks. Like, is Andrew Shaw worthy of the Hall of Fame? Right. No. He's a piece of garbage. You know, Donnie, he's not one of your favorite I'm guys. not a fan. Exactly. So, but my point is that there's there's people that played on – like the Edmonton Oilers won four in a row in yeah. the 80s. Do you think uh, Don Jackson should be in the I think Hall of he Fame? was a hell of a player. I really <laughs> he do. He took a lot of beatings. Dandy Don Jackson? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jax himself? Yeah. The Jacksonator? Jax. He um, – he, he wasn't no afraid to, to eat punches. You know, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, you know, mess with the absolute uh, amazing image that is Pat Maroon in St. Louis. But like, I kind of feel like at this point in his career that maybe the fire in the belly is not where it needs to be for this particular Blues team. Um, I don't know about that because I think okay. Patty always plays with a certain fire in his belly, and it's just his personality, right? I just don't think it's a fit. Yeah. I just don't think it's a fit anymore. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, you're looking for top six forwards right now and then the trickle down to where you have a bunch of young guys that are competing for jobs that are supposed to be the future of your organization. It's tough. You have Kyle Clifford, too. Like, I know, okay, well, we'll expose him for the draft, but Seattle's not taking him. Right. So now you got, let's say you sign Maroon, you got Clifford and Maroon. I would take Patty Maroon over Clifford any day of the week, but you still have both guys. It's just like I think Pat Maroon, um, one, I think he can continue to play uh, following this year. Two, I think it'll be in Tampa uh, because they're going to have some salary cap issues coming up. Obviously, they're $18 million over the salary cap to play the playoffs. (laughs) Uh There's going to be some sort of an issue there. And Pat Maroon at 900000 and you know what? He probably would take less probably. to keep playing. Look at Joe Thornton and Jason Spetzer signing $750,000 contracts just to keep going. Pat Maroon's living life down in Tampa. He's got a great golf cart, golf cart community. Look at the guy drive around. He's got his beautiful wife with him. His little guy, Anthony, goes and visits him. They're on the beach. Dude, I'm sold. Did you see the interview or the whatever it was? I think it was on the NHL Network of uh, the the head coach John Cooper. Coop, Coop's did amazing. You, did you see did what you, he? You guys know Coop coached. Yes, here, right? yes, yeah, oh, exactly. yeah. That's why I yeah. love the guy so much yeah. is because of that St. Louis connection. But also, it showed him in, in an Adirondack chair sitting at a pool smoking a big old cigar, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, he's he's doing okay. <laughs> yeah, he's I mean, doing life all right is right good now. when you, when you're a good team and you're in Tampa. Life is good. Yeah. I mean, you're you're living the life down there. Guys are living on the ocean, and it's, it's just – it's an amazing area to be in. And huh, no state tax. That doesn't hurt either. Hell, their, their play-by-play guy was on the NHL Network the other day, and he was sitting out at his, or standing out at his pool, you know, with the glass dome yeah. over it and all that to keep the oh, yeah, everybody has crocodiles those. Like, away and all that. Yeah. It's amazing. You guys would all live on, like, the canals of the river or the, the ocean, rather – and they have their pools, and you walk out the back of the pool, down onto your boat, take the boat down into, like, yeah, it's a lifestyle, I would guys. miss half the games. Oh, I mean, I'd be out on the boat going, what time are we playing? Dude, it's I a am, lifestyle. I am not near responsible enough to no, do that. There's I mean, there, no, there's way. just, there would be no way. Where's Donnie? Oh, he's in the middle of the ocean. He's been there for a few hours. Yeah, I'd, be, <laughs> I'd be cutting the first week for just not showing up. <laughs> you know, playing in South Florida is tough. When I played for the Panthers, uh, I lived in South Beach. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um. Dude, the per—I mean, seriously though—and and honestly, I don't say this as a joke, but man, if you're yeah. playing in Hard Vegas, I played one game that year. <laughs> 
dude, if you're playing in Vegas, you're playing in New York, you're playing in L.A., you, I mean, it is a whole nother thing that you have to kind of control and keep together. Mm-hmm. I, man, I wonder how dude, much no of that, I, I wonder how that. much of that factors into your decision where to go and where to sign too. You know, like depending on how old you enough? are yeah. and what your problem is. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's places is. that you ignore that are offered to you because you know it's just not the greatest fit. Not, no. a, not a good idea no. if I go there. Not gonna do it. Um, you, if anybody else, do you have anything else? Because if not, I want to go back to the Patrico thing eventually. But yes, you got yeah, something yeah, else. Go yeah, for but it. and unfortunately, we got to wrap her up pretty soon because I got to get back in and be on the radio. Okay, cool. So. So just real quickly, though, and I alluded to the Tony Patrico thing. If people don't listen to the Riz Show, get better at life. But uh, Tony, we do this thing called Around the Horn, I think it is. I saw that movie. It's on your show. Shouldn't you know what it's called? Around the Whore. Oh, sorry. So that's just at the beginning of the show, which is kind of get the juices flowing. We do a thing like, uh, hey, Donnie, tell me something that's in your garage that starts with the letter T. Tractor. Okay. You know, or whatever. There's no wrong answer necessarily unless you're keeping meat in your, you know, whatever. So, I don't know. So, Tony's was, name somebody in the building that you could be in a, beat in a foot race, their name starts with the letter J. And you kind of have to answer quickly, and he said, Jamie Rivers. So, now it's on between the two of them because you felt disrespected, which you should have. Well, at first I was in disbelief. I was like, what? And then, I have to be honest. When I heard the context of it after, I was like, maybe he didn't really call me. Right, right, right. <laughs> it was just right. more of a knee-jerk reaction. Right. Yeah. Here's the thing, though, is I um, I was at the gym right next door here working out on the treadmill. And King Scott walked in. And he walked up to me. And I see King Scott two, three times a week in the gym. And he's like, oh, did you hear what Patrico said? Oh, no, really? I'm like. Because we were talking today, how did you find out about it? Yeah, and oh wow, he goes, I go, no, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, he kind of called you out. He said he could beat you in a running race. I'm like, what? I'm like, what? Was he serious? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So King Scott is sitting there just churning the butter, stirring it up. I love it, Mr. Innocent. I love it. So I'm on the treadmill, and I'm like, oh really? Up to like twelve. Level 12. you got to get serious now, right? (laughs) I'm like, do you think he could beat this? Do you think so? And so now it's evolved into a thing, I guess. They want to do by the way, they want to do it next Wednesday. Yeah, we'll have to chat about that. These are tough days for me. That's what I told them. I said, first of all, dudes do a podcast every Wednesday. You know, so Hi. Do a podcast. We're, we're busy. We got <laughs> we're doing things. Hockey camps That's every what day. I told them that Synergy too. hockey. By the way, up and running. Synergy right hockey. What the heck's that, Jamie? Synergy hockey skill development company that I run at synergyhockeyskills.com. We got summer camps all over St. Louis. So still... you don't just do them at one rink? You do them at a bunch no, of different No, we do rinks? them at all different rinks. Okay. So like this week we're at the mills and we're running three different programs at the mills and we have a uh, power skating stick handling and then we have a high school program for the older kids because they seem to always kind of get left out where sure. they still want to get better too and then we have a battle camp to end the day and battle camp isn't what it used to be or used to be like a lot of physical contact now it's more about protecting the puck and how to contain people without taking penalties um, so as the game evolves well the coaching has to evolve and so that's what we got going on this week. And then for the most of the summer, we're in two different locations at the same time. So we'll be at Afton or we'll be at St. Peter's. And so that's why my time is spread out is where I'll be mornings, like early morning Afton on the ice. As soon as I get off the ice, buzz over to St. Peter's, get on the ice for the second session, and then buzz over here to the radio station. 
Now, Tony said that he doesn't want you to do this race the same day as any Synergy hockey because that would be your excuse that you were tired. Well, then it's impossible to do it. Well, I told him, I said, it's not like you're out there doing, you know, you're I not out there skating your butt off. You're out there teaching. There's a couple things. Yes. Right? Yeah. There's, there's a couple things I'd like to say here. Number one, have we figured out how far he wants to run? No, we were talking about that today. Is that uh, 100 yards seems way too long? 40 or 50, I think, would be good. I think 50 would be fine. 100 yards, even though I work out every day and run every day, I don't want to run 100 yards. No, uh uh. I I will over a weekend. I feel like I don't want to sprint 100 yards. Yeah, no, that seems absolutely not. I feel like he could beat Tony running backwards. I really do. Tony, um, Tony has passed on a few text messages to me saying that. I don't think anybody realizes how fast he is. Uh, this this I, I is think what he I want to move, but yeah. I'm just saying. I this still is what I want to tell you guys, though, is that I've seen him go home to third in softball before, uh, when he was yeah. 400 plus pounds. He mm-hmm. can move for a big dude, man. I mean, he That's can. For true, he can. So I, I don't. My only concern with you is you not taking it seriously until game day, and then tearing off and and doing something like hurting yourself on the way. I think if I was assured. That both of you were going to go start to finish without getting hurt, I would put my money on you. I'm now I'm going to do an edit of the podcast where I say I put my money on Tony. <laughs> version one. So version I have two. this vision yeah. to where I'm going to just walk up to the starting line like Stone Cold Steve Austin, take two beers, smash them together, <laughs> chug them, and be like, "Let's go." Have you ever done that before? Have, have. you ever chugged a beer and then ran? It is brutal. We did. Uh, yeah, that we a used to do a race. Ago. Oh my god. We used to do a race yeah, the where beer mile race thing. It was it was a smaller track, so ordinarily 400 meters is the full length of the track. This was a 200 meter track, and so you'd chug a beer, 200 meters, chug a beer, yeah. 200 meters. Yeah, that's brutal. We tried to do that a few years ago, and then nobody even finished it. It was brutal. so. Either way, this is interesting how it's evolved. Yeah, it really has. Yeah, yeah. and I'd, I don't know where where would we run it. Got it's it out here. Parking <laughs> lots. You want us to get hurt? That seems more unsafe than anything. You think? It's unlevel. I mean, the, where are we going to do it? Yeah, the parking right lot. Right, yeah, yeah, just just right, up right up on the, you know what? We shut down Olive. Okay. Now that, I'd rather shut down Olive to do it than run in this yeah. parking lot. Uh, yeah. Maybe we well, go we'll to figure a, it out. Boys, we you know will. What? Maybe we do it right at the CBC track. Oh, he'll never get in the CBC Hall of Fame if he loses on their track. <laughs> <laughs> it is the Last Minute Blues podcast. Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers, Donnie Fandango. We will be back again next week. Thanks for listening. And as always, when it's applicable, let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors, We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.